Welcome, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Holding Down the Fort, a podcast show where we put military spouses and children's needs front and center so that they can make informed decisions together as a family. Because let's face it, we know who's really holding down the fort. I'm Jen Amos, a veteran spouse and Gold Star daughter, and your host for today's show. Let's get started. All right. Hi, everyone. Jen Amos here with Holding Down the Fort podcast show. And uh, I'm excited because every time I get to do another episode, it means that I get to interview another incredible individual in our military community. So let me introduce you all to Tia Prevo. Tia is a military spouse, HR professional, and podcast contributor. She runs the Mill Spouse Talent Community that helps provide resources for spouses looking to continue their careers while supporting their service member and military mission. Tia, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Jen. It's so great to always talk to you. I loved how our friendship has budded and just how you evolved in being part of that journey. Oh, thank you. I like how you say evolve because I feel like since I really kind of jumped back into the military community in the recent years, I have been trying to find my voice in all of this. And I feel like since since I had started this podcast, it's helping me get so much closer to, you know, finding my identity and the way that I can contribute to the overall military community, particularly military families and military spouses. So thanks for saying that. No, you're welcome. I, every time you're like, hey, I have a new Instagram page. I'm like, oh my gosh, what's she doing now? It's so great. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I like to do, I like to start up a lot of things at once and uh, manage a lot of things. And I was just thinking about that the other day because it's just how I express my creativity. I have been told in the past I mean, I, I'm sure many of us have been told this, but, you know, we're, I think society tells us that we need to stick with one thing or do one thing or be good at one thing. And I don't know if it's just because I was raised as a military child that, you know, I didn't stay in one place for very long. And that kind of just like trickled into everything in my life where I just can't stick to one thing for too long. But if I do have anything to blame my eclectic personality and just, you know, wanting to do more than one thing at once, then I'll blame it to my military upbringing. <laughs> <laughs> That's the nature of a milk kid, right? You get moved around a lot. So you learn how to adapt very easily. Yes, exactly. I'm still trying to find the right verbiage to say that like, I'm not committal, you know, like, I feel like there's a more positive way to say that. But I'm still I'm still trying to figure that out as well. So I think eclectic is the best way to describe. But yeah, I want to thank you, Tia, for just uh, following my own journey as well. And everything. It, it means a lot to me. No, no doubt. I think that, you know, one of the things that comes with that kind of eclectic nature is that you bounce around a little bit because there is a sense of like, I'm not sure what I'm good at, mm-hmm. but I'm going to try this. At least I have a few irons in the fire. So if this doesn't work out, I always have something else I can jump to. And whatever lessons I've learned from that other thing, I could move on to something else. So I think it's it's really not a bad place to be. And we do kind of put boxes around people as a society and say, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And one thing that I've learned, and I was just telling uh, Scott this, yesterday is that I like having a lot of things because collectively it all helps me like I have all these side projects but it's these side projects that teach me 
all these valuable lessons that I could apply to like my main projects or like my main business. So yeah. Anyway, I feel like I'm trying to defend myself, but I'm really not. <laughs> it's like, this is who I am. And I appreciate you highlighting the fact that I do a lot of things. And I'm very proud of it. How about that? <laughs> there you go. That's it. I'm in your corner. That's where words at. <laughs> Thanks, Tia. I really appreciate that. Well, why don't we share, how did you hear about the podcast? I know this is already an obvious question because I think our listeners have an idea that we already know each other. But tell us, how did you hear about the podcast? And more importantly, what inspired you to be on the show? So we know each other from previous ventures that we've been a part of with U.S. Bet Wealth. And for a while, I was working with Scott. We were doing lives. And that's kind of how our relationship started, is that you would help coordinate with Scott to do these lives on my page for military spouses, educating them about financial wealth and financial stability and Mm -hmm. creating a legacy. And so that's where we connected. But then... I had written an article for Wives of the Air Force, and it was about how military spouses, like, we feel that, you know, once we get a job, we have to latch onto that job. And if we hate the job, we still have to work it. And I really wanted to explain that that doesn't serve you just because you feel like you have to do something. If -hmm. you hate your job, you hate your job. You should probably go find something else and utilize your time better. And I had been waiting for a while for that book to get published and I wasn't sure when it was going to happen. And then you messaged me and said, Hey, I saw your article, Wives of the Air Force. I would love for you to be on the show. And it was cute because I loved the way that you really took that business standpoint, even though we already had a relationship, it could have been very casual. You could have just been like, Hey, Tia, come <laughs> be on the podcast with me. But it made me feel good because one, it alerted me to the article being live. And then two, it was just nice to have that invite that formal invite and feel like oh like somebody else sees the work that i'm doing and values it and thinks it would be great to share on their podcast which was holding down the fort so that's how i heard about the podcast and how i i wanted to be on the show yeah, absolutely. Um, I knew one way or another you were going to end up on the show. That having your article published on Wives of the Air Force blog site, which we actually recently released an episode from them. So if anyone is, uh, actually, let me see. Give me one second. I'm going to see which episode it is in case anyone wants to learn about them. So what Tia is referring to, in case our listeners are wondering, is we actually, I actually had the opportunity to speak with Jen and Kirst from Wives of the Air Force blog. And so if you want to learn more about what they're up to, check out episode 17, which is titled, We Are So Much More Than Just Military Spouses. We Are Men and Women with Life Goals. So really, really awesome episode. Hearing them tag team it, you know, normally the show is done with, you know, just one guest. They're not sisters, but they're like sisters. They met because of their husbands. And, you know, they were inspired to put together this blog to build a community of other wives of the Air Force. And so really awesome. And yeah, not that I was uh, uh, trying to trying to find an excuse to get you on, but definitely having your article being published on their website was a catalyst for me to be like, Tia, you got to be on here. You got to do this. You got to be on the show with me. So yeah, I'm glad that happened the way that it did so that we can have this conversation today. Yeah, no, definitely. And that blog is not just for Air Force wives. It just happens to be that I'm an Air Force wife and I happen to be on the blog. So anybody who's interested, there's great career advice. There's great uh, advice about motherhood because recently became a mom and another one is pregnant currently Mm. about to become a mom. So definitely have this evolution. There's things about exercise. It's just a great blog if you're looking for some additional resources and support. 
Yeah. One thing that I think is very awesome on their end is that they created a survivor's guide for the bases that they would get stationed at. And so they give those tips on like what to look out for and, and you know, what resources are available there and some tips on how to like, you know, get situated in that in the base. And so I think that's what that's really cool. And, and a, like you said, a resource for, you know, not just wives of the Air Force anymore, but they're looking to expand. So I think that's really awesome to hear those news, hear that kind of news. And it's my hope to bring them back on the show in the future again, because they're doing a lot of good things out there for the military community. I would agree. Like, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Well, Tia, bringing it back to you, for people that are getting to know you for the first time, why don't you share a little bit about your life today, particularly what keeps you excited and busy about life nowadays? So for me, one of the things is I... I'm an HR professional by trade. So if you heard me on any other podcast, you would know that by now. But for the people that are new and getting introduced to me, my passion has been human resources. And I fell into it as a, a recruiter and have done every aspect of HR and back to being a manager over several recruiters. So my day-to-day job, that's what I do. But for the, you know, the fun side and the part that's really my passion project is dependent.work and it's a military talent community. And what that really ultimately means is I give out resources or I find resources for military spouses that are looking to continue their careers. And that could be through entrepreneurship, volunteerism, it could be in traditional careers, remote work. But really what I'm doing is leveraging networking to make sure that I'm feeding that information back into our military spouse community. It's super important to me that resources are timely. And I feel like it's just really hard for the government to be able to do that for us. They do have great avenues and resources available. It's important to have timely resources. And I think the government has great resources available to us, but the timeliness of and how those resources get to us is just not as efficient as it could be. And that's really the goal of dependent.work is to help bridge that gap. That's awesome. So how do you find, like, how do you scout for these resources that you consider like they have to be timely and they have to be put out there right now? So a lot of it is I can use resources like um, U.S. Chamber of Commerce has Military Spouse Professional Network, which I always suggest people join. If you're not able to attend an in-person networking event, they have a virtual Hmm. network that you can be a part of. And there's a a lot of great resources just come through that funnel, but that's very, that's government-based. So you can see articles, research, and also the professionals that are part of that group that kind of sponsor the different networking groups, they get a lot of resources and push them through. So that's one of the ways that I say LinkedIn from that perspective, because mm-hmm. I can take those resources and push them out to the social channels, which I feel like sometimes people aren't all the way connected through. And this is where LinkedIn comes in. LinkedIn is another great resource to finding information about what's happening in the military community, military and unemployment spaces, what other military entrepreneurs are doing to see what resources they're taking advantage of. Google has great resources that are happening. Grow with Google is a big right now. The U.S. Chamber of Commerce did a 
study with Google to see what you need as military spouses that continue to be successful, either in traditional careers or as an entrepreneur, and whether that's you need resources from a funding perspective, or do you just need resources and understanding how to build a business from mm-hmm. accounting to, hey, I'm not an IT person, so I don't even know what technical resources I have. I'm using all of my kind of avenues from a recruiting standpoint, places I would look to dig for jobs as a recruiter to be able to push those out as resources to military spouses. That is really awesome. And how long have you had dependent work going for a while? Because I think I saw you last year, but how long has it been now? It's about a year and a half. So last Labor Day, I started. So a year and a couple months that I I officially launched, but I'd always been thinking about how do I use my skill set to support our community? Because I was around both spectrums. I was around military spouses who didn't have an identity. They didn't understand. And really what they did is they said, you know what, I'm going to just, and not just because being a military spouse and a stay at home mom is a very important job, but it was something they, they fell into more than it was something they chose. And then I was around women that were very career driven, very professional in nature, who were, as this word I just learned, geobatching, which means they would stay behind while their spouse forges on with the mission. So whether that's their spouse is working at another base, on a deployment, on a remote, whatever that was, but they were not going to be moving, obviously with the deployments, you can't move with your spouse, but with remotes, there are options sometimes to be able to move. They would stay behind because they wanted to be able to continue their career. And a lot of our bases are not in areas that allow for career continuity. Hmm. And so I was like, I have this great gift, right? I, like I said, I fell into HR, I fell into staffing, but I have a, a niche in it and I'm good at it. And I'm going to toot my own horn about that. And so how do I take that resource that I have and be able to push it out and help and encourage others? All right. Hi, everyone. Just jumping in for a quick moment here to talk about our major sponsor for our podcast show, Holding Down the Fort, which is U.S. Vet Wealth. And I'm actually pretty excited because one of our colleagues, a shout out to Ethan Samuels, actually did an ad commercial for us. So even if you are not interested in anything we have to offer, I hope that you just listen to this ad commercial because of how amazing he sounds. All right, here we go. As you prepare to exit the workforce, you have a lot to be proud of, but be careful. Your 401k is one bear market away from ruin. And don't forget that business partner that doesn't show up except to collect his paycheck, Uncle Sam. He'll be there with his hands stretched out like Pauly from the Goodfellas. My name is Ethan Samuels and I know exactly how you feel. When I got out of the US Navy and joined a top financial services firm, I dealt with people struggling with these same issues. And this is why I helped create US Vet Wealth. We apply the same outside the box thinking we use to win wars and ensure freedom of the seas to your financial well-being. Our clients are on track to enjoy life knowing their money is working for them at maximum efficiency. They know that they will never be taxed or spent down to nothing. Best of all, their solutions are all uniquely tailored by me, your financial intelligence officer. For a no-obligation financial intelligence assessment, email me at ethan at usvetlife.com. That's ethan at usvetlife.com. That's, I think that's so awesome that you're doing that. So it sounds like you have the opportunity to have the job that you're in currently. Do you have any worries of 
possibly PCSing or, you know, moving to another place. I guess what I'm trying to ask is like, how comfortable do you feel in your current circumstances right now with your job? So if we are to get orders and I I determine that I'm leaving with my husband, then I will no longer be able to keep this position. This position that I'm in is based out of Las Vegas and it will require to be here in Las Vegas. It's not a remote role. Mm -hmm. But I feel that I have great tools to be able to continue to have career continuity after I leave. Mm-hmm. But I still have that same worry that everybody does when they're in a job that they really enjoy. And then we're getting to the point where at some point we are going to get orders. It, it's creeping up. We've been here for three years. My husband may get promoted in, you know, January, February time period. With that, the higher up he gets, the less positions there are, the more likelihood for a PCS. What are we going to do? Or maybe he goes on a remote. Do I stay here? Do I go home to be closer to family? I don't know. So I still have those same worries and and I still look at it as what am I going to do? Even though I think I'm good enough, am I good enough to be able to obtain a job after I leave here? So I still have that imposter syndrome that creeps in on me and says, hey, looming of this, is the mission going to take precedence over what you're doing currently and what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. So doing what you're doing do you do you have the ability to hey push dependent.work further to where that becomes your primary and and not be in a traditional working environment but be in this entrepreneur space and i just don't know but i'm willing to take that chance and that's why i'm cultivating the relationships and the networks that i'm doing right now to be on either side of that bridge whether that's traditional employment or entrepreneurial yeah Speaking of which, let's go ahead and talk about our educational topic today, which you've already hinted at, which is the imposter syndrome as a military spouse. Can you elaborate on how you define imposter syndrome and how it affects your life as a military spouse? Yeah, definitely. I probably feel imposter syndrome several times a day. And what imposter syndrome is, is it's either that self-doubt, the insecurity, or just that overwhelming feeling of like, I'm not good enough, but Mm. it tends to hit people that are good enough. So it tends to hit people that have been successful at things that have accomplished great goals. And sometimes it usually tends to hit after they've accomplished a great goal. So it can be like, I, you know, have done several podcasts and then I'm getting ready to go on this podcast with Jen and I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, why am I doing this? How can I say that I'm a podcast contributor? I've only did a couple podcasts, but how, when I look back at it and I listen to the podcasts I've done, I have key takeaways for people and I've been able to influence people, even if that's one person I've touched. So that imposter syndrome will help pull you down a little bit. It gives you that mm-hmm. like, Hey, maybe I should, I shouldn't, maybe I should call Jen up and just tell her, Hey, let's reschedule or I'm not ready to do it mm-hmm. when I really am. And so the way to overcome that is by doing things like putting action into motion. One of the things that I thought was really good when I was looking at this topic and researching it is that minorities tend to be impacted by this the most. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, this is great because me and Jen talk about this kind of topic anyway, <laughs> as being both color and females. We have some great conversations just about how it feels and how to overcome some of our self-doubt from that perspective. And I was like, 
we'll totally be able to talk about this imposter syndrome and probably go on a tangent about it um, <laughs> because we're probably the ones that are impacted the most over these areas. Oh man. And I did also think that for military spouses is definitely is an area from when we talked about PCSing and, and making that move and what my identity should be. Should I have an independent identity or should I just take on this military spouse identity, which a lot of people only see as a dependent. And that means you take care of the family and that's your only part of the mission. Mm-hmm. And that's not it. Like you can still be independent and have a thriving business or uh, thrive as a volunteer because we have people like Marla Batista that's in our community that is an amazing volunteer advocate who's done great work for homeless veterans and has been able to showcase how, you know, helping from a nonprofit standpoint makes such an impact to our community. So I think that there's definitely ways to have an identity and be a military spouse and not let that imposter syndrome pull you down. You said so many amazing things just now. One of the initial things I feel compelled to talking about is that, you know, I don't have the stats myself, but, you know, as a minority myself, I definitely know (laughs) what you're talking about with the imposter syndrome, Tia. And, you know, I think culturally, like if you were to look at, this is like completely off topic, but not really, because I know there are a big, there's a big Filipino community in the military, actually. A lot of us, such as myself, a lot of our parents left the Philippines thanks to the military. And I was born as, as an American. So, so anyway, so this is this is still relevant for the show to talk about those things. <laughs> but yeah, you know, just just culturally, like I had always been like I have been under the impression that I am supposed to be the matriarch of my family or, you know, be that quiet, obedient uh, girl. And, you know, the fact that I do podcast shows and I'm a pretty outspoken person kind of goes against like what ideally you know, the the Filipina is, is supposed to be. And, you know, being in the position that I'm in, like I said, it's like, I remember how hard the imposter syndrome had affected me. I actually found an old post that I put out there back in 2016, when I was celebrating my three-year anniversary with my online marketing business at the time. And I remember who I was at that time. That was, that, yeah, that was a couple of years ago. But I remember I was struggling with the imposter syndrome because I felt like, you know, I, I didn't feel like I was serving my clients to the best of my ability. I felt like I was really literally just making stuff up as I go, <laughs> like the services that I was offering. But anyway, lo- long story short, you mentioned some tips on how to overcome the imposter syndrome, which is, you know, really just doing stuff, right? The way that I have overcome the imposter syndrome, because I, I get like a little ounce of it every now and then, but the way that I've overcome it, like for the most part is I just think to myself that, well, there's a couple things that I think, but ultimately I feel that I am part of a greater mission that I don't know what the master plan is to, but I know that I'm part of something greater. And all I have to do is just be myself. And all I have to do is just open my mouth and speak my mind and speak my thoughts. And it, just like what you said, Tia, if, if it resonates with just one person, then I've done something good. You know, and it's really cool because, you know, having started this podcast show back in the summer, I definitely had the imposter syndrome because initially we wanted to speak directly to military spouses. 
well, I don't really consider myself a military spouse. I consider myself a gold star daughter, first and foremost. I had lost my dad when he was serving in the Navy back in the 1990s. And, and then I only got back in, you know, 20 plus years later um, as a veteran spouse when I met my husband. And so when I first started the show, and this is part of why I mentioned early on that I was trying to find my voice was kind of like, where do I fit in all this? Because, you know, I was a gold star daughter 20 plus years ago. I'm a veteran spouse today. I mean, I'm trying to speak to military families. Like, where, like, <laughs> how do I speak to them? You know, like, how do I like, like, I don't know what type of expertise that I have. But either way, it's, this is why I like to bring on guests on the show. Because it's people like you, Tia, who uh, can can speak to the community, and we can speak to them together. And I'm I'm really more of a student than anything else. And so I've been learning a lot from guests on our show, and and even just listening to you talk. So, so thanks for that, Tia. No, not a problem. I mean, we experience life through so many different lenses, right? And mm-hmm. so I think that for you, you know, you've had this very hard beginning, you know, with losing your dad so early in your childhood and then evolving into you end up, you marry somebody who's a veteran of the military, right? Like, so Mm -hmm. it had this impact on you that it was, there were things about the military that you still loved, even though you may have hated the military for taking your dad, right? Mm -hmm. So then it's like, then you fall back into it and you go, I want to support it, whatever I can do to support it, because there is a way that I can still see like what my mom went through and, you know, what we went through as mill kids. And now you can see from the veterans perspective, you have all Scott's insight of like what it's like to separate. And Mm -hmm. so there are ways that you can help to impact on any part of that spectrum. And, And for a military spouse that goes through all those different things. So you know, for me, I'm going to have to go through retirement. And I think about that and it, it scares me. Like I hold on to my military spouse identity so tight and want to continue to make such an impact. But once we're retired, what does that mean? Mm. How do I continue to support? Do I get to continue to support because I'm not active duty anymore? Mm -hmm. And so that's a little bit of, you know, imposter syndrome coming in and worrying about future things don't really matter right now. Yeah. So I think that, you know, I always want to circle things back to career. And one of the things is that I like to talk to people about is potential. And a big majority of spouses are female. Um, probably the 80% of the majority are, are, are female. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that as females we tend to do is if we don't check all the boxes, that means we can't apply. If we don't check all the boxes, that means that we're not the right person for this job. It's very important to bet on your potential. I think that we don't do enough of that. Men will do that 99% of the time. They don't Mm -hmm. worry about if they can or they can't do it. They do it based on the fact they know they can do it, even if they've never done it before. That is so So, true. (laughs) You're so right right? about that. And, And so we need to learn how to take some of that on too and look at our potential and say, when imposter syndrome creeps in and says, you are not the right person for this, to look at what you've done, your accomplishments and go, I've accomplished that. So I have the potential to be able to do that. And even if it doesn't work out, take the lessons learned and adapt and overcome, which is definitely a military thing, adapting and overcoming. Yeah, definitely. I love that. Bet on your potential. And there's also, I feel like there's a saying that I feel like can kind of complement that, which goes, it's better to ask for forgiveness and permission. 
you know, sometimes you just have to put yourself out there and see what you're capable of. And, you know, worst thing that can happen is that, it, yeah, you don't do a good job at it. Okay. So like you said, let's take the lessons with that and then see how we can apply that in something else. I really love that. And I think that's really, really good advice. And it's not like anything is set in stone. Also, I think there's this yeah. This illusion that that we're all like we we all we all already know what our strengths are, what our weaknesses are. But sometimes you won't know. You'll discover that as you go, and that's really what life is about: is <laughs> just going for it. And uh, yeah, and I, I also like that you circle it back to a career, considering you know what you do in, in HR and understanding that it, it's all we can do. All the only thing that we can I think guarantee is is pursuing our potential and seeing like what that could be. Um, yeah, you know I. I I, I feel like I have to think about that more, but I hear what you're saying. And, and I think that's very encouraging for, you know, for military spouses who are struggling with the imposter syndrome or maybe, uh, you know, kind of losing, trying to find that balance between, you know, being independent to being uh, dependent. One more thing I wanted to add to that is one thing that I've learned too, like the fact that we mentioned earlier on in this interview that I juggle a lot of things or I like to start new projects. I think it kind of, uh, also relates to like how do military spouses identify themselves but with their career or with you know being as a military spouse i think you can actually be it all i know it sounds a little ridiculous but i think you can be an all and it all comes down to what you put on your calendar you know there could be some times like you can reserve the weekends to yourself you can be a military spouse you know during the week like you can you know schedule like i th- i think it i think it just comes down to like how do you want to sort like how do you want to organize your time so that you could be you know, dutiful military spouse, you could be pursuing your career, you could be taking care of the kids, and you could do you could be doing whatever else you want to be doing as long as long as you put on the calendar. I think that's the best way to make it possible and not feel like you're losing yourself or you have to pick between the two. You know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely do. So five was Veterans Day. And for me, like I was like, okay, this is what we're gonna do. The oldest one has to go to karate camp. I paid for him to have extended karate camp. The little one goes to daycare for the day. I got to, I'm going to work a half day and then I'm going to go home after that and spend the rest of the time before the kids come home with my husband to celebrate him as a veteran. Mm. So I was able to do all of those things to feel like I had that time with him to, to show my husband, Hey, I appreciate your service. Without your service, I wouldn't be able to hold this title of military spouse. Hmm. And so I was able to do everything I needed to do in a day and not everything at work got done, but the important things got hit and our, we got to spend that time independently together. And later on in the evening, we had dinner with our kids, like everything that I wanted to do, everybody was supported and I hit all of the boxes that I would say are part of the Tia, you know, character. Yeah. (laughs) Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, sometimes I feel like even though I'm not a military spouse, I feel like Scott is sucking the life out of me <laughs> because of <laughs> because of everything we're doing, you know, because the majority of the stuff we do is for quote unquote our business, but it's really like his vision, right? Like it's <laughs> it's it's because of his vision that our business is possible. 
And so that's why I like cling on to like the projects that I get to call mine. And I get to reserve those times. Like I actually reserve evenings to myself. And so whenever I feel like I'm losing myself, I'm, I'm reminded that, oh, I could just put on the calendar and put time for myself again. You know, just kind of like how at the end of the year, I'm going to travel back home to California and, you know, just have time to myself and reconnecting with my friends and family and, and you know, getting that reminder of who I am <laughs> outside of my relationship with Scott. So <laughs> it's so yeah. important. It really is. I think for us, not only putting that time for yourself independently, as far as like a recharge and the self-care, but also investing in yourself to grow. I've been bad about this and I need to do it. I want to get a mentor because I tend to give a lot of myself to other people, but then I'm not pouring back into the cup to get me to the next level that I need to be at. And so sometimes my imposter syndrome will show up and like, you're not doing enough, which is something you hit on mm. or you're right at the ledge of something else. That's great. You want to do more, but you haven't pushed yourself enough or you don't understand how to push yourself to the next point. And I think a lot of that has to deal with not having a mentor to help guide me and groom me to the next step. Mm. And so I think that's really an important part of, overcoming imposter syndrome when you're trying to do things like especially from like you've said you've had a lot of entrepreneurs on the show and talk about entrepreneurship but I think from a self-care standpoint and to help yourself grow it's great to read books and it's great to listen to podcasts and all those great things but I think sometimes you need to talk it out with somebody and you need them pushing you and holding you to a deadline to help yourself go to the next level. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think part of the imposter syndrome is lacking that belief in yourself. And so if you do lack that belief, you hire someone who's going to believe in you. So I, I think that's really awesome and that you're self-aware enough to know that that's what you need in your life to, you know, to reach the goals that you want to reach. Yeah, definitely. Well, Tia, awesome. I think we had such an incredible conversation today. I appreciate you taking the time to talk about, you know, where you at in life today as an HR professional and what you're doing for the military spouse community and being able to talk about a, a topic that I think many people may actually be uncomfortable talking about, which is the imposter syndrome. Um, I'm very glad um, to have had this conversation with you. Uh, and hopefully what we talked about today uh, will be of benefit to our listeners. Uh, before we go, do you have any closing thoughts for us, Tia? Really, I think it's just keep pushing forward. I think it's very easy to get stagnant and not know, you know what to do or just start to doubt yourself and get in that spiral of imposter syndrome. But if you can keep pushing forward, learn the lessons along the way, that'll keep you in a position of always growing. And really, that's what we want to do. We always want to be a better version of the, of the person that we are today. Yes. So that's really my closing thoughts. Beautiful. And if anyone wants to learn more about dependent work or wants to get a hold of you, how can they do that? Instagram is a great place. I feel like visually people can look at it and determine if the topic's something they want to dig into more. So look for dependent.work on Instagram. The other place that if you want to learn more about me from a professional standpoint is LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn under Tia Prevo. If when you go to connect with me, I always challenge everybody to send a note and tell me where you, you encountered me, whether that's from my Instagram or from this podcast, just leave a little note in there so that that way we can connect on a deeper level. 
Beautiful. And listeners, if you did not get that, don't worry, I'll include that in the show notes because I'm super generous like that. With that said, we hope that you have gained another piece of resource or education for you to continue to hold down the fort. Tia, thank you so much for being with us today and to our listeners as well. And we look forward to speaking to you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Thanks. Bye, guys.